1: What is up? What is good? How you living? How you feeling? Sims and Lefko is back, and Josh is in the middle. I am here, showing he the guns. It's gonna be yeah. a sweaty podcast Wait, can today, you, boys. Can we
2: do the pod like this today? With my muscles <laughs>
1: yeah. out? Are you uh-huh. sure you want to do that? Yeah, All right, yeah. roll them up. Well, that's fine.
3: That's fine. With your skin and bones. out. I feel like no, I just no, these donated are my bi- a shirt that looks like. We're not calling that. you. Go is there my trash. Is this the podcast we want to do today? Yeah. Yeah, it is. We're about to start free agency. We're coming off the, <laughs> <laughs> the combine, and we're gonna do a podcast on my biceps. Yes, boy. Thanks, guys. At my biceps. Can you? You do a flex your tricep I'm not doing any rest. of that let's talk about football I'm not doing any of that there? is there one there <laughs> see and this is why I don't want to do the podcast every week this is, this is what why I just want to do? do my freaking job well, this is <laughs> my actual job. work no it's not this is an extracurricular well this is the, literally the reason why this we put happens because of you <laughs> thank you
2: we're I fucking don't know about here because of you no 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 you used to annoy me with this fucking podcast three I know. years ago I and know. now we are Finally, paving the way for ourselves. 156.
1: (laughs) Uh, I want to say first and foremost. What are you gonna say? Well, to
2: I would just like. Why does he get so embarrassed? Are your your um, future in laws still listening to the podcast? They, yes, they are. They do. You
1: haven't talked about him in a while, which I is know. nice. Hello, Josh's
2: future in laws. Hope good. you're well out there. That's amazing.
1: Yes, Sims gets a weird satisfaction of making other people uncomfortable. I know. Yeah. Well,
3: especially if I know I, I'm comfortable in my relationship with them. Yes. The do. heat in here right now is also not helping. It is.
1: It is steamy. It's hot here. as shit. Uh, I want to say that it's been really cool. I know that we've got a lot of new listeners to the podcast. Uh, last week has been great. You're. Comments about Lamar Jackson, and we are going to do more of that today. We have a new segment called "This Week in Code Speak," where we find analysts and their way of talking about race, especially Lamar Jackson, without actually talking about it, which is going to be great. <laughs> uh, we have Phil Sims coming up later. Uh, Chris is going to dive into some running backs. He's sick, like legitimately.
2: Your pops are yeah, sick. Yeah, like big he's big fucker sick. He's big fucker Perfect. is sick. So and he's
1: going to be super on.
2: Or, or I mean, he doesn't even know we're calling. I've literally no. So oh, that's he what I'm saying. Because he's sick,
1: we're not calling. Right. So yeah, we're no sick days. No, that's we're not how this works. works.
2: I hope he answers. If he doesn't answer, then we talk to Dirty Diana. I'm excited, and we'll interview her.
1: But it's been cool, like the social media outreach that we've been getting, a lot of great iTunes reviews. Uh you've been killing it on Levitard, and you have your big reveal coming next week, even though you stole my material. Oh, the your NCAA material. That was so funny. Sims goes on Levitard and takes my NCAA rant. Goes <laughs> they go, How do you fix the NCAA? He's like, Well, why doesn't Emmer get hit with institutional control? I'm like, This
2: motherfucker. That was good. Well,
3: I mean, it so a
1: Scoreboard a thousand for
3: Lefko, one for Sims on stealing. It's been it's been three and a half years of Lefko using your material. I think it's it's only fair. It's point. only fair, yeah. right? Right. Good.
1: Uh, but it's really awesome. I, before we even get to the numbers, I'm jumping right in. Yeah. We said on Monday slash Tuesday's show that Michael Bennett used to be our guy, right? And who's taking over? Well, I don't know. Maybe Fletcher Cox. <laughs> Well, guess what? They're on the same team! Michael Bennett! Michael Bennett reportedly, right. reportedly being traded from the Seahawks to the Eagles for a fifth-round pick and a wide receiver that was pretty much on the practice squad. It's amazing.
2: It's amazing.
1: All right, so now, now it's your starting job to get def- him on the podcast. The starting defensive line for the Phil for the Super Bowl champion Philadelphia Eagles, right. is Brandon Graham, yep. Fletcher Cox, Michael Bennett, Derek Barnett. Oh yeah, and then maybe Timmy Jernigan no, comes it'll, off. The bench. It'll
2: Timmy Jernigan will probably be inside, and Bennett will be outside, and Barnett might not be a starter yet.
1: Graham, Cox, Jernigan. Does this and mean Vinny De- Vinnie Curry's yes, gone though? 100%. For sure now, right? Yes. Yeah, so. so all but, right. So we did say that maybe Michael Bennett's lost a step. Yeah, but. It's lost a step in my mind when you're playing against, like, the they didn't really have a lot of depth in Seattle. When you're up with Fletcher Cox and Brandon Graham, I imagine you're suddenly rejuvenated. Well,
2: let's put it into lost a step context, too, because I don't think everybody really, like, again, if you've listened to Sims and Lefko over the last, like, three years, we would have told you two years ago, Michael Bennett, is, was in the conversation for one of the best defensive players in the league. I mean, if not the best, again, the sacks don't, the sack numbers aren't there, so people don't realize what a good player he was. I'll refer to a comment Tom Brady said when they were getting ready to play the Seahawks in the 2016 season. He's breaking them down. Bennett ended up not playing in the actual game right. on a Sunday night, but do you remember what he said? No. He was like, man, if there's a better defensive player in football than Michael Bennett, please show me who he is.
1: He almost single-handedly beat the Patriots no, in the Super Bowl. No
2: doubt. I mean, yes. The nickname they gave him was numb nuts up there in like a respectful way. that in New was, England? Yes, because he was just, they were like, he's so good he doesn't even realize it. I mean, he just sometimes he might not worry about his gap, but it doesn't matter. He gets through the hole, makes a tackle, whatever it was. It was a respectful way. I'm not saying every coach. I just Here, heard that here's phrase Here's what's amazing. There Don't forget trouble.
1: that Jeffrey Lurie of the Philadelphia Eagles was yeah. one of the only owners to come out and support his players standing up for, you know, social rights. Right. And M- Malcolm Jenkins was a leader speaking for players' rights. And Chris Law donated all of his money. Well, guess what? A perfect place for Michael Bennett to go. And how interesting is it? It's the same week that the Houston Texans came out and the Miami Dolphins came out and said, we don't want our players uh, kneeling for the anthem. And they've retracted those statements. But I'd also like to say this. I don't know. I thought the Eagles proved that players could stand up for social injustices and also have success, a.k.a. win the Super Bowl. Yes. And now we have one of the best guys because there have been reports that the Seahawks are trying to become a, quote, quieter team. A lot of rumblings. By the time this comes out, I wouldn't be surprised if Richard Sherman isn't on the Seahawks anymore. Sure, but
2: well, I don't think he will be for much longer. And if he didn't get hurt, I think he would have definitely been traded or gone already at this point, but the injury actually puts a wrinkle into the
1: situation. Are we officially reaching the end of the Seattle Seahawks. Without a
2: doubt, yes. It is It is over. They've realized it. they are going to rebuild their team. Now, I mean, hey, yeah, Russell Wilson's still there. Bobby Wagner's still there. But we don't know with Cliff Averill, the next situation. Same thing with Cam Chancellor. So it is coming to the end where a few of them might stick around. The majority of them, though, are on their way down as far as the arc of their career. And that's nothing – I don't mean that in a negative way. I mean, it happens to all of us. Uh, they were awesome. They were one of the most fun teams to watch in football. But it's the NFL. And when you start to hit 29 or 30, you're old. And you start to realize it when you lock in the locker room because everybody's
1: 23 or 24. It's weird. When you look at Seattle's run, yeah. we thought it was going to be back-to-back. Right. Dynasty. Super dynasty. Yeah, they end up with one. Yeah, What did we learn – from the Seahawks run? Roster management, how you pay your players?
2: I mean, or you you don't need the franchise quarterback right away, right? It's about a team sport. They did it the right way. They did it through the draft, really. Uh, Guys like Richard Sherman and Cam Chancellor were mid-round type of picks, right? They built a team, then got a young quarterback, uh, and really – Made life easy on that young quarterback, ah, like a Tom Brady early in his career, where it wasn't all about him. He just had to manage the game. And now we're at the point where he is the game. He is the guy that has to carry the team. Yeah. But I don't know what we learned. We I learned th- that that attitude, tough. Physical
1: football can still win in this league. I think we learned that. I don't know. You can't have a small amount of players making up most of the well, salary cap. That's gap certainly going to be the
2: ending learning lesson. I, I right. think.
1: I think it got to in the beginning. It was this team is so young, right? And then they tried to pay all of them, and when they tried to pay all of them, they became very top heavy. They had no depth, and they had no one to help Cam Chancellor, or Richard Sherman, right? They had no one to help Michael Bennett. Well, their if, offensive line fell apart.
2: It definitely did. If you I mean, I mean, that's all valid point. You're right. That's probably – they didn't look to the future quick enough. Maybe that's what we learned, right? They
1: held on to these guys too long.
2: Look at their year they won the Super Bowl – against the Broncos and how many guys they they lost just in that next offseason. Right. And then, the, of course, they got back. They should have beat the Patriots in that Super Bowl. I mean, it was a great play by Malcolm Butler. It certainly had a great chance to win that football game. But still, that roster wasn't as good as the years before. And then it became, oh, we got to start to pay these guys. Yes, They put Seattle on the map, and that's where a team and an owner and a coach can get a little indebted to players and – the personal side comes out, mm. and that's where Belichick's amazing because it's always no, this is business, and it's there's not. He's not going to let the personal issues kind of. How much more confident
1: him. should Eagles fans be for a repeat Super Bowl? I mean, oh
2: baby, it, it. listen, the NFL's crazy sport. It's so yeah, close. But, come on, give me some. But you should certainly <laughs> feel yeah. good that you're going to be in the mix again next year. Yes, in the mix, in the mix.
1: I mean, Fletcher Cox and Michael Bennett next to each other, Sims. I know. I know, it's going to be amazing.
2: I mean, it's just waves of defense alignment at you. Uh, it's, it's the way to go this day and age in the NFL. You guys win the battle up front, which is what we've seen fairly from every great franchise in the history is they win the battle up front on offensive and defensive side of the ball. One other thing I want to just say please, before we, we gloss over it. Right, like the free agency thing when you talk about the Texans and Dolphins thing, and you know uh, what did Bob McNair say? You can't have the inmates run the uh, asylum, right? Yeah. Like, like nobody wants to go play for him. I can promise you that nobody. But there's only so much money that goes around in the NFL, and there's only so many spots. So at some point, players are gonna go. Damn, I might think Bob McNair is kind of race, race, racist, or has some racial tendencies, but they're gonna pay me significantly more money, or. Nobody else wants me as a starter, and I can go there and be a starter. Right. So that's going to override things. And then into the Stephen Ross thing. Stephen Ross, I do think, was taken out of context a so little too. bit. right? When you read the whole transcript there, he was more just saying, we got to stop it. And I'm going to say this. I agree with him from this standpoint. You know I'm all about the cause. Racism is real and all that crap. Yeah. Certainly. I mean, I, I've witnessed so many things over my life. Um, but this is where I want it to stop, and this is why— I, we got to find a better way because, in the end game, the players are the only ones that are going to get hurt by this. I don't want the league to be hurt. Not because I give a shit about Stephen Ross or Bob McNair. Fuck them. They're rich. They're always going to be rich. I am more concerned about, I don't want the salary cap to lower. I want the the league to continue to thrive. I want the players to continue to thrive and make money and be successful. So I'm all for the protest. We just got to find a better way because the White House changed the perception of what it was. I'm sorry. That's what he did. and He made it a black-white thing and a disrespect-country thing. Even though he can make Ten comments a day that disrespect the country worse than I've ever seen anybody ever make. Yeah, but so that to me is where the decision lies, and they need to change that. And that's where I go. The Stephen Ross thing is a little out of context because they just we just got to find the right way to do it to still make the right impact yeah. and get the message across. But I don't want players to be hurt by it.
1: I will say that I does definitely that make sense, Josh. It does. I go definitely ahead. have a lot of pride rooting for the team that seemingly treats everybody with a lot of respect. Yeah. Like, I can just say this for Eagles fans. Like, it feels good to be the one team that seemingly gets it. Well, that's why we like the Seahawks, though. Right. Because they always got it. They were
2: always like, let let the players be the players, and we're just going to let them speak freely. Because we are the players' podcast. Right. And and they didn't micromanage, but it's become too far now to where they've got to change it. 56. Oh, let me see. His name is Lawrence Taylor. Um, Lawrence Taylor, the first linebacker I ever saw in person in my life, actually. He was surely the first guy I ever saw in my
3: life. What does that mean? Uh, Yeah. When was the the first first time you've ever
2: seen a human? He was the first linebacker. Backer I ever saw in my life I went to a Giants practice that was one of my first early memories I'm four and a half five years old I vaguely knew who Lawrence Taylor was my dad brought me to training camp and he was of course the guy I heard about a lot I'm young I was kind of one of those young whiz kids and he was the first player I met on the Giants other than my father was Lawrence Taylor at least the first one I remember. What did he
1: say to you when you first met him, do you remember? No, I don't. No. Oh, yeah. But but quite the memory you <laughs> have. He was 4. Yeah, exactly. I was like, was four or five. thanks <laughs> but, Josh. Yes. Uh, Kurt- uh, Andre Tippett. Yes.
3: Um, Eric Foster, of course. Eric Foster, without a doubt. Who's Eric Foster? Rutgers. Rutgers D-Tackle. Derrick Johnson,
2: Texas linebacker, Chiefs linebacker. Yep. Um, Hold on. Other 56. Chris Long of the Philadelphia Eagles. Correct. Correcto Mundo. Uh, Other great 56 all time. I said Tippett Taylor. I'm missing somebody in there. Uh, Pat Swilling. Yes.
1: Bam. Chris Dolman. Yes. Bam. Wow. (laughs) Yeah, motherfuckers. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, uh... Currently, Carlos Dansby, Shane Ray, Brian. Ryan Cushing. That's a pretty good run. Dante (laughs) Fowler. Demario Davis. Cliff Averill. Ruben Foster. All-timers, in addition to the ones you've said, Keith Brooking, Nick Uh. Barnett, LeVar Arrington, Sean Merriman, Derek Burgess, and Hardy Nickerson.
2: Man, Keith Brooking and LeVar Arrington. Those would be two guys that will always be in my brain. LeVar Arrington, playing against him was always an interesting... I mean, LeVar Arrington was one of the more intimidating players you'd ever play against. I can imagine. When he was in his prime, before his knee went, I mean... One of my plays ever is the Mike Allstott two point conversion that we went. We decided to go for two to win the game against the Redskins. And LeVar Arrington was famous for jumping over the pile and hitting people in the middle in the air. Yes. And that's what he did, except we just had Michael Allstott who could kind of absorb it and still fell in the, end, he fell zone. In the end zone. the But he was amazing to play that. Keith Brooking was my only pregame fight I
1: got in my career. Did I ever tell you the story? No. I never told so, you So Okay, so are we regular season, preseason? Regular
2: season, late <laughs> Intered, in the season. Interdivision rival. Falcons. Falcons-Bucks. Michael Vick, starting quarterback. This is the game Jim Moore got on the cell phone on the sideline. Do you remember that? You
1: played in the game where Jim Moore was on the sideline? Yes,
2: because it went into overtime, and he was trying to figure out, does a tie help us? And the tie didn't Help them in the playoff scenario, so they had to so go. So Ray to win Farmer
1: the game. called him on the sideline. They were on the I'm sideline on the
2: phone. <laughs> They're funny, I didn't get that. But then, then, um, so before the game, it's a big, it's a big matchup, of course, and we p- beat them in Atlanta like three weeks prior to that in a close football game. And I'm running out on pregame, but the linebackers are like in my path to run out on the field, so I ran
1: through the middle of their drill. And you I'll, pulled a Warren Sapp. I, I mean, but it wasn't Course like did.
2: Warren Sapp was like the whole team was stretching and he, and he skipped, skipped through the through. team. Okay, right. but
1: you ran through because well, they were right But there. I had
2: nowhere else to go. It wasn't like I was trying to be like, I'm being, oh, let me fuck with these. Yeah. Now, like, no, it's the last thing I wanted to do. Why didn't you just
3: run around the drill?
2: Well, it, because it was like we, you come out of the tunnel and yeah. you're right there in the corner of the end zone, right? And there's the sideline, but there's media on the left. So I was like, damn, I'm not going to go way behind them to get. I want to run on the field because right. that's where I'm going to be playing that day. So then what happened? Next thing I know, I'm getting headbutted in the back. I'm running by it all. Hey, motherfucker, hey. Don't fucking run. And I'm like, well, who the fuck is talking to me like that? And who just pushed me? And I turn around and Keith Brocken and all their linebackers are in my face. And
1: don't you ever fucking disrespect us and run through the drill again. And where you're like, I wasn't disrespecting you. I just had nowhere like, to go. please don't hit me hard during the game, please. No, what did you really say, though? I, I mean, I said, fuck
2: you. I'll do what I want. This is our field, <laughs> whatever. And I said something <laughs> like that.
1: I mean, I wasn't going to back down. Does that stuff carry over to the game? Yeah, well, it carries or does over. It, yes, what, it does. Does it stop after like, the second play? It's not
2: like they don't hit you any harder. Harder because they're already hitting you as hard as yeah. they can, but they might not talk help more you up. shit, talk more shit, take a little like you know push you into the ground as you're getting up. Things like that will then ensue when you have that pregame stuff. Who won
3: the game? We did. Ooh. overtime. Sims gets the last laugh.
2: Sims 80 yard drive to tie it at the end of overtime or end of regulation. We needed a touchdown to tie. We got that, and then we beat them in overtime with the Matt Bryant. Did Diogo. you
1: say anything after the game? No. Did it get into like? Did it ever get in the media? No, nah. no. You know, like Gruden
2: because, and like the coaches, they loved it. They yeah. loved it because they were just like, "Oh, I, Sims is a football player. He yeah. don't give a shit about anybody."
1: <laughs> uh, so we were talking about Michael Bennett being traded, Richard Sherman seemingly going to be a free agent. Monday, four o'clock free agency. Sims, I don't know about you, but I kind of want to do the podcast at four o'clock on Monday, okay. As the news is happening, okay? And if Josh can get out of a freaking meeting, I'd like him to be our newsbreaker. Really? We'll see. That, could be, that can just kind we'll of come see. in and be like, "We've got a rumor." I think that'd be fun. I really <laughs> would. <laughs> do, 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 yeah, that's what <laughs> I want.
2: I want that kind of music, and I want him to do it. Can okay. we get that?
1: So let's get, yeah, ahead, get ahead of content. it. Richard Sherman. Yeah. Where do you think he ends up?
2: I mean, I think it's a first of all. I think we have to put it into realisticness here. This is a guy that what got a torn I don't even know if that's a word. Torn ACL yes. midway through the year. Was it Achilles? Achilles. I mean, yes. Yeah, sorry, I didn't mean to say ACLs. Achilles tendon, right? So yeah, you're gonna look up what week that was officially. Yep. But either way, that is a worrisome injury for a corner in football. So I don't think you're gonna see a high end demand for Richard Sherman. Uh, right away in free agent market. I think it's going to be one of those type of things where... Richard Sherman's going to continue to get rehab, get healthy, yes, and then it becomes training camp, and he's going to reach out to teams and go, you know what? I think I'm ready. So the first thoughts are what? Falcons and Jacksonville, exactly right,
1: because they run the same scheme, right? Maybe and they, San Diego, and desperate excuse to, me,
2: Los Angeles. They're not desperate to have them in there either. So which one do you? So, which one popped in your
1: all, head first? All of them. I
2: mean, even the 49ers. You could throw them in there. They're Raiders. Gruden loves guys like that. Yes. To where? Okay, you might not need them for day one right away. So the Raiders need somebody from day one. That's why I say we're less likely. The 49ers, same thing. They kinda need somebody right away. But yes, the Falcons and Jags, um, would certainly be towards the top Where do you of the to list. Go? I want him going to the Jag. The Jag sounds awesome. I I want
1: him to be with Jalen Ramsey. I want him to like
2: mold his mind. I want it to be on third down, it's Jalen Ramsey and Richard Sherman outside and A. J. Bouye moves inside and you go, Holy shit, we can't get anybody open. It's week seventeen. If he
1: loses a step is Richard Sherman a guy that could transition to safety eventually, too?
2: He does tackle. He's certainly could not a to. too. Could that injury
1: to. be the, the reason that moves him to that?
2: Well, no, I don't think so. I okay. mean, it's going to depend on how he heals, all that. I mean, those are. It was unknowns. November 10th uh, was November the week he 10th, did the injury. right. That's so late. the start of the season is not, not a. It's going to be tough for him to be ready. All right. I do think he needs to stay in that scheme, though, because of
1: that injury, too. That will only help him. You know, it's yeah, because he's in a set area with a set amount of space to cover. Exactly right. What did you, we talk about how Richard Sherman is representing himself yeah, this I offseason? Yeah, we did know that. But I love this guy. I know. He is amazing. He's, he's amazing. also the one that came out and said, why do draft people never get evaluated? Right. Like, why do they get away? He's just he's just a next-level brain. He in, is. in a world of a lot of people that think the same, and I love that guy. Right. All right, so a guy that is the premier corner, eh, maybe two. Malcolm Butler. Yeah. Where do you see, Ma- with Tremaine Johnson, where do you see Malcolm Butler go? Gosh,
2: uh, all right. What's your uh, early prediction? I would start out the conversation with the first thing is, it's a great year to be a free agent corner. Because there's like two guys. Well, and the teams that need it have the most money, right? Let's just talk about, like, the Browns need a corner, right? The, the Colts need a corner. The Niners need a corner. The Bucks need a corner. The Bears need a corner. They're all the top six teams in football uh, that, yeah. that, that could use that, right? So, I mean... Listen, Tremaine Johnson, I, I do think that teams that, like Seattle, is a team that doesn't have a ton of cap space, but they're going to probably like a Tremaine Johnson. Mm. If you made me pick a team that Tremaine Johnson ends up with, I'm going to say it's the San Francisco 49ers at the end of the day. It's going to be that that Seattle scheme, which he is going to fit in very nicely with. They have a ton of money, and they need a difference maker on that part of their defense.
1: All right, so Tremaine to the Niners. That's what I'm going to say for now. Yeah, for I now. Think so. yeah, you're yep. not locked in anything. Yep. And honestly, who cares if you're wrong? Yeah, We're you're just right. guessing.
2: Right. Uh, Malcolm Butler, you didn't answer me. No, oh, yeah, sorry, I didn't mean not to. Um, the,
1: I the, asked about Malcolm Butler, answered about Tremaine Johnson.
2: Yeah, that's what he did. You know, there's a lot of teams there, too. The first team that I thought of in their own division would be,
1: like, the Miami Dolphins. And he might be so angry at the Patriots right. that he might want to rub it in twice he, a year.
2: He could. They, it's a, certainly a huge positional need. Now, the Colts are another team I look at. The Colts, they would like that type of corner. This is a Dallas um, blanking on the guy. that He came from Dallas, a defensive coordinator of the, the Colts now. But uh, um, they need help. In that department, and they have a ton of money, Malcolm Butler would fit that scheme as okay. far as what they want to do there. Um, so Miami or Indy? That's kind of where you're leaning. I think so. You know, the Bucks are probably the other team I would throw into that conversation, yes.
1: Uh, now let's talk about a team that Butler's leading. Or the Lions. Oh, too
2: many. Well, the Lions because of Patricia and right. Quinn, and they are in a decent salary cap situation as well.
1: Is there a chance... A few years ago, offensive tackle Nate Solder took kind of a discounted deal to stay with the Patriots. Right. Is there a chance that he wants more money in a free agency class that has no real tackles or offensive linemen other than, like, Justin Pugh, but he's a little bit smaller? Yeah. Nate Solder, yeah. does he stay with the Patriots, or do you think he leaves? I
2: think he wants to stay with the Patriots, and I think the Patriots will try to lowball him, respectfully low ball, like lowball him, to where he doesn't quite get the market price, but he's going to go, damn, it's New England, and I'm comfortable here, and I like Dante Scarnecchia, and we win, and I like protecting Tom Brady, and he has the situation with his son where he misses Wednesday practice every year because his son has to deal with a chronic, uh, you know, illness. birth illness that he's had yes. to deal with, right? So and I that, think you know what
1: that's a that's big a big, deal. big thing because when you're with thing. a team that already is allowing that to happen, you know Tom's going to call him and say, "Man, I need you to protect my blind exactly side. Exactly right. All right,
2: so Do you team, think he's
1: going to stay, though? If you made me
2: bet my yeah. house, I would go, yes, he ends up staying there.
1: I who, would. Who could make it so worth his while that it would be tough? The
2: Houston Texans would be the first team I would think of. Bill, Bill O'Brien, O'Brien. They have a lot of money. Chris Clark was their left tackle last year. He is a free agent. Of course, you know they traded away Dwayne, Dwayne Brown, Brown, all that. So that came to mind. The Giants would be another team that I think Nate Solder would go, Who? it's New York. I could probably get the right medical attention for my sons here still as well. They need left tackle. And, of course, the New York organization. Is the closest thing you're going to find in football to being run like New England on a day-to-day basis? Okay, mm-hmm. so that went to my head. The Bills in that division could use a left tackle. Um, and then I thought about even like I, I got what I have to do here with this like the Panthers. How much money do they still have tied up into Matt Khalil at right. that guy? Because right. that would be I mean that would be Stand by. they overpaid him. The play certainly wasn't up to the par of what they paid him. We
1: didn't understand why they did that in the exactly first place. Exactly right. We questioned There's that your Matt Khalil to...
2: page. So if they got – so what's your – oh, so they can't get rid of him this year.
1: He's $19.6 right.
3: uh, million no. against so, I, I against think you're Cavs. right, though.
1: I think the top three of New England, staying Houston or the Giants, makes the most sense. I think so. Uh, Allen Robinson, mm-hmm. not going to be franchise tagged, still working on his leg after the ACL injury. Allen. Uh, the number one guy that fans are tweeting us about. Yeah, could he come to my Niners? Right. Could he go to the Chicago Bears? Right. Where do you see Allen Robinson ending up? Yeah, I, I could do. He be th-
2: staying with Jacksonville? Well, uh, yeah. I don't know. I, I don't think the Jacksonville thing is going to happen. I don't. I don't know. They have more talent at receiver than people realize. Like some of those young guys are good. They're For just sure. not household names yet. So a lot of I think the the people who don't pay close attention don't realize it. Uh, Marquise Lee is a free agent. I would still think he's a pretty talented kid that I would try to bring back. And, of course, he doesn't have an ACL injury that he's overcoming. But, yeah, the 49ers, but I'm just not so sure – where the 49ers, like Allen Robinson, will he, so he'll take the place of a Pierre Garçon and be that role. I just don't know if that'll be the guy for Kyle Shannon and the 49ers. I have no inside info there. The Bears certainly make sense. I mean, the Bears, to me, I think would be in the conversation for an Allen Robinson or a Sammy Watkins and a Jimmy Graham. I mean, they need help. The other team that jumps out to me, uh, other than that, would be the Panthers and the Ravens. And I want to throw the Cardinals in there, too. Where do you you... want him
1: to end up? I want to see... Allen Robinson where? I think
2: that, to me, where I want to see him, I would love to see him with the Ravens and the Panthers. I just think those are two quarterbacks that... Love size... That's like, oh, you're not running quite as fast as you should be yet? It doesn't matter. You don't have to be that open. I'm Joe Flacco or Matt or, or Cam, Cam Newton. Newton. I'll I'm throw gonna... a laser at your left ear hole, and you'll box them out or you'll jump up and get it, whatever it What about it may be. somebody
1: with speed like Sammy Watkins?
2: Yeah, Sammy Watkins. Listen, I still throw those same teams. Like I do think the 49ers will be interested in that, certainly. The Bears have to find something to threaten teams down the field to in the past Jordan game. To let Jordan Howard
1: have some form of running lane.
2: Well, and, and they're just they're desperate at the position yeah. in general. So to me, they'd so be a team You can see
1: Sammy Chicago, San Francisco, yep. Baltimore.
2: I'll throw the Jets in there. Mm. The Jets. I mean, are you are you going to bet the house with Sounds like Robbie you on Sammy
1: on Chicago though.
2: I, I mean, I would like to see. I think it would be they would know how to use him. I mean, Matt Nagy's going to know how to stretch the field. Ala Tyree Kill yeah. or even Macklin when he was there. Like they're going to have a number of plays where he's going to go. Okay, yeah. I Chicago
1: like this. ends with Sammy Watkins and uh, Jimmy Graham. That's that offense. Would be pretty I just I,
2: I'm interested. Like he would be Kyle's type of guy in San Francisco. The the thing is is they have the deep threat type of guy. And Goodwin and Goodwin. Now, Sammy is real fast still. He's not as fast as he was when he came out, and he's not as fast as Goodwin. Uh, And he has a little bit more of a physical nature about him. But Sammy, to me, is not a great route runner. That would be my other issue, too.
1: A lot of people get upset when you say he's not really a number 1 and that he actually opened up all the other stuff for the receivers on the Rams.
2: Yeah, I mean, listen, did he have certain plays of that? Yes. He's not... He's a low-level one at this point. He's not I don't look at him as a superstar.
1: He it's needs to It's hard to, to rely to on him. a guy that's injured a lot. Exactly right. The number one free agent though undoubtedly is Kirk Cousins, and I think that you have been someone, I have been someone that goes, "This guy is a really good quarterback." Right. And I think what's been a testament to that is watching all of these other players say, "I want you on my team." Yeah. Larry Fitzgerald stopping Cousins in the airport and saying, "Come to the Cardinals." Right. You have Emmanuel Sanders saying, "The Cousins to Demarius Thomas and Emmanuel Sanders combination would be dangerous, so I think as everybody questions Kirk Cousins, I don't see any players coming out for any other free agent quarterbacks and saying I want him. Right. Von Miller coming out and saying I want him on the Broncos. The odds have come out from Vegas: Vikings one to three, so right. the prohibitive favorite for Kirk Cousins. Broncos ten to three, Jets five to one, Cardinals fifteen to one. So Jets are second. No, Broncos are second. What was the Jets? The Broncos? 10 to 3. 10 to 3. So that comes out to about 3.3 3 to 1. Gotcha. While the Jets are 5 to 1. So is it is it going to be the Vikings? Are you willing to bet your house on the Vikings?
2: No, I'm not. I really think at the end of the day, it's still going to be the Jets. I don't think the Vikings are going to want to pay him that money. I really don't. I, I, I just don't see that happening. Maybe I'm wrong. I have so you a... think
1: he's going to end up on the Jets? Because can...
2: they're going to give him the cash. I think so. I think the system with Jeremy Bates, who I've told you is the guy before Shanahan, who was the guy before McVeigh, so with John Gruden. With John Gruden, he was the first bitch boy of the Bucks when I right. got there. It was Jeremy Bates? Now he's and the he just king. came from Jay
1: Gruden, so right? It's a
2: similar scheme, exactly right. He didn't just come from Jay Gruden. Jeremy, Jeremy was no in... Kirk Cousins. Oh yes, exactly right. Stay,
1: come on, sorry, is your brain slow right. today? Yeah, obviously. A hot
2: in hey, shut up. Um,
1: <laughs> but but. Um, I, I don't The Denver situation... You think that Kirk Cousins has openly said he wants a large guaranteed contract and rumored numbers of three for 90 have come out, yeah. and the only team that seemingly has that cash is the Jets, and they might be able to get him a Calvin yeah. Ridley at six. Well, and
2: I just think Denver still is not ready to just go, oh, screw our first-round pick from three years ago in Paxton Lynch. That's it, why I think guys like Case Keenum or an A.J. McCarron right. could end up being there, because then they could justify at least a little competition maybe in the It does game.
1: seem interesting, because the Jets came out that story saying that Kirk seemingly might take less to right. go to Minnesota right. that's the number one guy I think Kirk's going to take his time I really do I, I, but he needs to be careful because all these other teams might go that we're going to go for the McCarrens we're going to go for the Keenums we're going we're gonna to fill it because we can't wait for you if we don't get you yes. so it will be interesting right um, franchise tags are official. Six. Demarcus Lawrence, Jarvis Landry, Ziggy Ansa. Kyle Fuller gets the transition tag for the Bears. Brilliant move. 12.9 brilliant million. Brilliant Lamarcus Joyner, you predicted they were going to franchise tag him, then Sammy Watkins. Makes a lot of sense. Versatile guy that so can play people- safety and corner, and safeties get paid a lot less than wide receivers. Right,
2: right. Well, and just to the point where you say people are mad at me that. Sammy Watkins is a number one so so if he was getting everybody open on the field i 'm not trying to be a jerk to everybody out there, but if he was getting op- everybody else open then then why don 't they sign him back? i mean if he 's the reason everybody else right. got open so again he 's a good player, but I think they made the right decision there uh, w- with our man Lamarcus Joyner. and I like the i mean
1: You love the transition tag for Kyle Fuller. It's
2: brilliant. They saved them, what, like $2.5 from not franchising. And, okay, you want to go test free agency and you get a good deal? Then we can match it. But he is a – I told you a few weeks ago, when I watched the film of him when I was studying the free agency guys, he was a guy that I will admit that he was a lot better than I I gave him credit for during the season. He is a legit – Number one shutdown type of corner skill set. Really? Yes, he He's is. He's come alive. He has come
1: alive. He was awesome last year. Better than I gave him credit for. The last guy to sign, to not yet sign his franchise tag, but get the franchise tag is Le'Veon Bell. Yeah. And we have said for a long time, boy, do we want guys to hold out. And he said something that got me a little excited. Did he? If I sign, everyone will be happy. But if not, I guess I got to play it by ear, Bell said. If I'll be out till week one, if I'll be out till week 10 yeah. or if I'm going to be out there at all, it all depends on how I feel at that time and moment. Well, yeah. Levion the fact that you even mentioned week 10, that's what we're saying. Le'Veon, hold out. Out and then come back in week ten, make that a season that counts for the contract, right. collect that beautiful fourteen point five million for the last six, seven games, right. watch that team turn around for the last six, seven games, and then go in there and you want to franchise tag me again? Cool. I'm going to go up to about $20 million for a running back, and I'll see you in Week 10. Right. Hold out Le'Veon! I this know. is what we've been waiting this for, right? This is what we've right? been waiting it is. for! It would be amazing. Odell, Aaron Donald, but Le'Veon will be the first, and it's great because it also hones in the thing that you've always said about running backs. They are chronically underpaid, and no one puts their self on the line more than the running back position. The NFL needs to figure it out, whether they get a separate amount of money to spend just on running backs because the lifespan associated short, right. but Levion is going to be our guy. I can feel it.
2: I, I, I don't doubt it. And then when I saw him at the Super Bowl, I told him. Stop. I, I did. Where'd you see him? I saw him, you know, close to Radio Row. He's wearing some red LeBron so Soldiers. So he's in Mall
1: of America. Yep. And you see his Re- shoes. Hanging <laughs> out of Chipotle. Soldiers.
2: He was down, like, in that serious radio area, you know, downstairs on yes. the first floor, right? Yeah, not,
1: like, not like, not funny, but no, serious, serious radio. Right, right.
2: right. So I wa- my dad was on a, a show with, you know, Mad Dog at the time. So I was going over to see him, but Le'Veon was there. And we stopped and talked. And he had red LeBron Soldiers on. So I was like, ooh, I like those. And then I was just like, hey, man. Don't don't settle. Don't do it. Fuck them. They want to fuck you as soon as you get hurt. What say. And he was just laughing and loving it. And his mom was behind him, and he, she was laughing. And yeah. you know, I was like crazy white guy that was saying random things. Look,
1: him, he's he's twenty six years old. Yes, he has so much production. Mm-hmm. He has so much multiple value for that offense. He's the reason that uh, he's the best player on that offense for the last. Like it's not even the close. Last two
2: years for sure. Th- this is the p- question I pose for you guys. Like and this is a this is a good conversation. Is what is realistic though for him to really expect on a year to year basis? I'm not right. trying to be a hater. You know, I'm all about him getting paid. But like a guy like LaShawn McCoy and Devontae Freeman, they are the two top running backs paid in football. De- LaShawn's making eight million a year. Devontae's making like eight point three,
1: which is the same number so, that like Ladainian Tomlinson making was in two thousand three. Right, right. So it is low. I well, can I be his agent? Yeah, please. We just witnessed Jimmy Graham negotiate and saying that because he's lined up outside of the line of scrimmage so much, he should also be getting paid some wide receiver money. Mm -hmm. That's what my client, Le'Veon Bell, does as well. He's not just a running back. He's not just Devontae Freeman playing out and staying to the inside. This is a guy that's constantly one of the leaders at the position at receiving the ball. And he's a modern-day guy. And by the way, he's not even near 30 yet. There have been some suspensions. There has been some injuries.
2: Oh, no, he smoked weed in a car. Oh, he's a horrible guy.
1: But, you know, but I just look at him and I would say his value as a receiver makes me believe he's not just going to get paid as a running back.
2: Yeah, no, I mean, that's that's what he's standing by. I think you're exactly right. I just don't want him to outprice himself to where it's not going to be even realistic and he's not going to get the guarantees that he wants. What's your number? Uh, you know, I think what is he? He wants no less than what, like 14 and a half per year. Franchise right? tag is 14. If he says, I'm not taking anything less. That's fine. If they can find a creative way to give him big guaranteed part of the contract and make that number maybe count as 12 million a year yep. or something like that, but you give him 40 million guaranteed, yep. then can that change his
1: thought process there some, somewhere along the lines? I don't know. What I like about it. It's hot as hell. It's going to be really interesting with the Steelers. When he was doing this last year, and I want everyone out there listening to this to pay attention this offseason. Big Ben came out there. The the Steelers are not afraid to shit on their players when they're going through issues. Yeah, Martavis Bryant, Big Ben, Mike Tomlin. Everyone kind of came out there and was like, you know, it'd be great if he was the Same thing with Le'Veon. It'd be great if he was here. He's kind of hurting the team right now. we got to make a run. Ben, you already got paid. So watch Big Ben's comments this offseason, because he's been very willing to throw his teammates under the bus. But the thing is, is Le'Veon, of course you have this short window with Ben Roethlisberger. But at the same time, man, you got a short window to get your money. Yeah, You better stick out. Uh And when the Steelers draft one of these quarterbacks early on, I'm very curious how tight Big Ben's going to get. Very curious. Let I'll Get back here. I have one year to do this, and now they've gotten Lamar Jackson. I don't know what to do, because Landry Jones ain't the guy. No, I don't think so. So it'll so be either. interesting. Breaking news, compliments of the BR app. Make sure you download it to get all the best news. Uh, our favorite little uh, issue between Jerry Jones and Roger Goodell seems to have found a resting place. Uh. Jerry Jones reimburses NFL $2 million in legal fees for Ezekiel Elliott hearing. Uh. So Jerry Jones is paying his money. Very quietly. Yeah. It sounds like Roger Goodell won Jerry Jones Uh, he
3: definitely won. Does
2: that hurt
1: Jerry when he's got to write that $2 million check? Uh, Uh,
2: It just pisses him off. I mean, it's not hurting him. No, no, of course. No, no.
1: Emotionally. Oh, Oh,
2: yes,
3: definitely. It's hurting his pride big time. I'm sure his bank account is fine. What do you think
1: he's writing in the memo? Oh, yeah. (laughs) Fucking NFL. (laughs) Hey, Roger. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Roger Screwjob. Uh So another guy that's like a figure of the NFL is Peyton Manning. Uh, And I think two interesting stories with Peyton Manning. When the NFL ended their relationship with Papa John's, apparently Peyton ended his relationship two days earlier. Which means he probably knew it was coming. Well, that's down the what I was pipe. say: is there insider trading there? I mean, what is that? I don't even understand. That. He sold. He was. He had thirty one. Right. He had staken. He had thirty one Denver area Papa Johns, and he got rid of all of them. Do you know how much money there is in one franchise, let alone thirty one franchises? I mean, Papa Johns is going down, but holy crap, to disassociate yourself that much. So is the that interesting how they paid thing,
2: him through the commercials? Just gave him. He's
1: still the brand ambassador ambassador right. for Papa John's. My question is, do you think Papa John thought that Peyton Manning was actually his friend? And do you think he was really hurt afterwards when, when Peyton was his like... His
3: allegiance is with the NFL. Yeah, but do you think Papa John was like, but
1: Peyton, you my buddy. We've done all those commercials together. Absolutely.
3: Well, yes. And I
2: don't think that's changed. I don't think that's going to... It's not going to change. Papa and Peyton are still going to oh, chill. I, I, I mean,
1: to do me... You, do you think Papa and Peyton have hung out? Just like as friends? Yeah, I do. I do. (laughs) I do. Yes. Um, and Do you think when he left, Peyton's like, I can't believe that guy thinks I'm his friend. <laughs> no,
3: I think they're friends. I, it,
1: I, if you made me bet, I don't know that. Just but, to clear this up, though, yeah.
3: do you know that they've hung out, or you're just no, speculating? No, He's just okay. speculating. Well, totally I don't know. This Speculate. Chris is like a fountain of yeah, ridiculous shit around the NFL. Who knows? So,
2: but that is, uh, I know. So, I mean, did they? Was that the total? Uh, that's what I'm interested in. Like, remember when David Wright, the third baseman for the Yes uh, Mets. Mets, right? They he did a Powerade commercial, and they gave him a big chunk of the company, and he sold it off. For $30 million to do it. Awesome. I believe it was Powerade. Uh, I'm checking right now. It was like him and 50 Cent had like huge vitamin uh, water. Vitamin water, water, excuse me. So that, so it must be the same thing they did with Peyton, right? Where they basically gave him hard ownership because he sold, sold it back to somebody within Papa mm. John's, I read. David Wright got $20 million when Vitamin Water was acquired by Coke. So yeah. he knew the NFL wasn't going. He goes, damn, I'm going to cash
3: out and get my money now. I guess that's what he's thinking, get, right? well, That's the, the theme of the podcast, yeah. right? Get your money when it's get available. Your money. <laughs> Peyton
1: Manning has enough money. Uh, but the other thing is now, the reason that we've always said Peyton Manning wouldn't go into broadcasting is when you've made that much money, mm-hmm. broadcasting doesn't pay as well as everyone thinks compared to athletes, and the work schedule's a and we've always looked at Peyton and go, he's going to go to ownership. He's going to become a GM. Well, apparently the broadcasting companies are getting desperate. A bidding war between ESPN and Fox prepared to pay $10 million a year to Peyton Manning to work as the primary analyst on Monday Night Football or Thursday Night Football for ESPN. That salary would represent a $3.5 million increase over what they paid to John Gruden. 6.5. you know that it took a long time for John and a lot of coaching rumors for John to get up to that 6.5. Here comes Tennessee. We'll move you to 4.5. Here comes the NFL. We'll move you to 5.5. Ten million for Payton is that enough, Sims, right. to get him in the booth?
2: Okay, so this is the thing with the John Gruden thing that I've 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 heard, and I'm I'm think I'm right, but I'm not a hundred percent. ESPN. The reason he got up to those numbers with ESPN, like six and a half million dollars a year, because early on in his career he was still being paid by the Bucks, and the ESPN didn't pay him what ah. the fair market value was at that ah. point. So basically made up for it at the end, right, with the six and a half million. That gotcha. was true. Now. I don't think it's about money with Peyton Manning. I don't think it really matters the money. I mean, like you said, I mean, how much money can you make to where? Oh, we got, I got two hundred and ten million instead of two hundred million. My life's different now. Right. I got to change right? So, uh, I think it would be more about does he want to be in the public eye again. That's really where it comes down to me. Does he want to do that? Does he want to have to answer to a producer and a director and send in his notes and things like that about things to watch for? It's just going to be where he's at in his time in the life. My I do que- think he'll be good at it. Of course you know of he's going to work he's gonna at be it he's be at all, it. all over. My
1: question is do you want to be the guy after Gruden? <sighs> Gruden was great. He was. And Peyton's going to come in and we just had a new quarterback in Tony Romo. So now he's going to be compared to Do you think he'll be better than Gruden? I don't. No. Do you think he'll be better than Romo? Hmm.
2: He's going to bring a different angle and vibe than Romo. Yeah. I think it'll be a little bit more technical- Probably, I mean, he's gonna be, you're going to get real coach speak with Peyton Manning, except it's going to be through the quarterback eyes.
1: The one other thing you've always said about Peyton is to do that job, you have to be willing to talk bad about yeah, people, too. Right, right. Would Peyton be willing to do that? I don't know that. I don't know. Because he's always been so controlled, mm-hmm. and so much of his talk to the media is veiled. A lot of things that we don't even see.
2: Right. I'm, I'm going to say he does not do this at the end of the day. And I think he's going to just... Continue to play golf, and when the right opportunity presents itself for him to get involved with the football team, he's going to do that and be a John Elway type. I just still really feel that. I do.
1: And I'd like to say this uh, if those companies, if it doesn't work out, call up Bleacher Report. Two people right here. Sims there. and I will split the $10 million. No problem. And we'll make your broadcast a lot better. Brought to you by Bleacher Report.
3: And Chris is very amicable with producers. <laughs> he sends in his notes, he gives his teams, he does <laughs> his analysis in advance. Do you see that Russell Wilson's I taking over... the stats
2: department and Bleacher Report. That's, or the graphics department. The graphics department. Do yeah. you, yeah. yeah. you see
1: Russell Wilson's <laughs> taking over Gruden's QB camp thing? I heard,
2: like, what are they going to do some show? But what's the show going to be QB to QB. And
1: it's Russell Wilson with, like, guys in the draft and Saquon Barkley, oh. which is going to be amazing yeah. to watch the courtiness of Russell Wilson on full display. That, that that was a good throw, man. Really great. <laughs> you were cool, dude. Super great. You're awesome, <laughs> Russell Wilson. He's going to be bad. I, I'm I, very willing to say that. I, I don't know. You're right. I would not expect it.
2: I just it, it doesn't seem. John
1: Gruden's great because he's willing to like yell and get loud and stuff. And that's who he truly is. Yeah, Russ I, Russell Wilson. I mean, I don't. It's a hard I thing for a current will player play. to do. It
2: is. It is a hard thing.
1: All right, so it is time, guys. Uh, it is time for this week in Codespeak. Adam
3: is very excited for this. I, know. I am. I need As to, am I. I
1: need to queue up all the videos and stuff. Uh, so this week in code speak, the NFL draft is going to be in 50 days. And I think one of the main things that we've learned through this entire process is... Talking about black quarterbacks in the NFL draft is a really touchy subject for some people. And it started with the Bill Poleon comments and it's gone through Lamar Jackson. And we really have learned a lot about what it's like to talk about stuff. First of all, this week and this week in Code Speak. NFL.com posted videos of all of the quarterback's workouts on YouTube. The titles under Josh Allen, Rosen, and all those guys was Watch Every Throw of Josh Allen. Watch every throw of Josh Rosen. But under Lamar Jackson, it said the best and worst of Lamar Jackson at the combine. I saw it. NFL.com has come out and they've switched the headline. Is that code speak, Chris Sims?
2: I mean, to me, it, it speaks to exactly what we talked about on the the Monday Tuesday podcast. I mean, there you go. It's a so why wasn't the good and bad of Josh Rosen again? Why wasn't there? Because I saw some really erratic throws there as well. I just I don't understand that. Right? Again, it bothers me that that is the. The whatever, the selling point to watch the video. I, I don't get it. Again, I'm not going to sit here and tell you Lamar Jackson was awesome
1: during that workout.
2: No. But it wasn't horrible. But if and you're
1: not showing the bad of the other guys, why are you showing the fair. bad of one exactly guy? Exactly right. Look, and, and the true thing is this, is I've learned a lot from our DMs the last few days, from yeah. what you've said on Levitard and what we said on this show, that not a lot of people are used to people that look like us saying this. And we've had a lot of DMs from people thanking us for providing validation and you know what i'm I'm down i'm woke yeah sims learned what woke was which is amazing (laughs) i mean i'm woke bitches (laughs) but i think the other thing that's really interesting is the terminology that goes into players nick if you can make sure that my audio is up uh what do you know guys this is another thing that's really funny to watch Mm -hmm. is watch the draft analysts change their mock drafts so much here's what i don't get Chris Sims evaluates the quarterbacks and goes, all right, here's my top three, and here's my bottom two, and here's how it's going to look, and there might be minor changes, but that's how it is. But the draft analysts that do this all year, how are your how is your analyst analysis changing in this part of the of the year. You've been watching these guys all year round. It should not be changing right now because of the combine, especially if you tell me that the combine doesn't matter. But here is Todd McShay talking about Lamar Jackson and why suddenly he's a first-round pick and on the rise. He's a project. There's no
2: question about it. But in the meantime, while you're developing him to be your starter... You can utilize him in different ways. Short yardage, goal line packages, bring him in and, and and run and do some different things. So I think Lamar is a guy that you either love him or you say, you know what, I just it's too long of a project for us. But I think there are some teams in the final 10,
1: 12 picks that will look at him and strongly consider him uh, to be their, their future. And- and so he's talking about the Saints and the Bills. My first question, Sims, is Lamar Jackson a project quarterback?
2: Oh, well, well, he's a I mean, he's black and he's fast. So we're going to throw him in there and he's going to run around and we'll keep the read option until he develops. Oh, that's right. You mean And he the, can be on the goal line, he can fake the handoff and you, run. You mean the guy that's been in the most complex offense of all of them? Is that the guy you're talking about? The guy that's managed the offense that's the most pro ready? The guy that's dropped back the most times and had the most pro schemes to Read and decipher the coverages and all that. Oh, you mean the guy that's played against some of the best competition? I mean, the ACC and the SEC, are, they're close to, I mean, hey, Clemson's Clemson. Florida State's Florida State. There's teams that have won the national championship the last few years. So, so the talent, and then, okay, So so even that, taking it that I'm not trying to like crap on Todd McShay.
1: No, but but, my thing is is I've found that the phrase a project quarterback gets used a lot for black quarterbacks. Agreed. Patrick Mahomes It was used by Vince Young when he came
2: out. Yeah, Vince Young came out and all of a sudden they put him in the middle of the year and they were winning every game.
1: Josh Allen has loads of potential. Lamar Jackson is a project. They're, the, they're saying the same things. Well, this but, is what
2: bothers me even worse. The, forget the Josh Allen one. Nobody plays more backyard football than Sam Darnold. Sam Darnold, the one who's careless with the football and led college football in fumbles and threw interceptions pick sixes to Ohio State guys and threw interceptions in the end zone against Arizona to keep the game close for a little longer than it should be. So that's, again, the other sticking point that drives me crazy. And then to add to that point, this would be the final kicker for me altogether. Like, this whole, like, oh, we got to develop them and all that. You know, guys like Lamar Jackson, first of all, I've seen enough to go, it's not going to be that hard. Like, yeah, is it perfect? No. But there's a lot of, like, like I said, he plays the position the right way, throws the ball away, goes through reads, all of that. But this is what people are missing, too, in the developmental conversation. Guys like Lamar Jackson will get the most basic, simple defenses. This is like the Cam Newton effect. It's a little bit of the Deshaun Watson effect because defenses go man, I like to blitz and bring people off the edge, but with this fucker at quarterback... I can't do crazy shit because if he makes the guy miss on the blitz and then runs around the corner, there's nobody there for the next 80 yards for him to run through. Or he keeps the ball in the read option and we've done some crazy zone blitz and we crashed one way with our blitz and the defensive line and the other defense ends dropping out into a zone blitz and now it's the read option on the guy that's dropping Mm. out on the zone blitz. He's gone. See you later.
1: So you're saying that a lot of people are saying he won't be able to handle the complex schemes of defense and you're saying his abilities reduce their complexity to a very simple thing so if anything it's easier to play with a quarterback no like that because this happened
3: is, with Deshaun Watson this exactly year.
1: Exactly
2: right. It happens with Cam Newton on a weekly basis, it happens with Russell Wilson too. This is the advantage that they get because of their athleticism. Team goes, "Wait, let's just be simple and keep our eyes on Russell and Casey, let's play a simple zone and if he scrambles we can rally and tackle or damn, I don't want to take a chance on that blitz. Let's just play something simple so we all know our run fits and we don't mess up when he keeps it on the read option or they have a quarterback design run and all those things will simplify the defenses which then will simplify the offense because, oh, we'll run play action, we'll run read option, we'll run Mm. bootlegs. We don't need to do Tom Brady like, you know, intricate drop-back pass offensive schemes right off the bat. What we saw from Deshaun Watson. That's the other thing that makes it crazier to me than of all. We just saw what Deshaun Watson did. And then here we got a guy yeah. with faster and stronger arm, and yet we're gonna say he should go to receiver or not a first round pick.
1: I want to wrap up the whole Lamar Jackson project Ooh, thing with this. It's I, hot
2: as shit in here.
1: It is. There are you're shiny too. I'm
2: about to go like like can I I'm about to go like with the, the I think you should. I want to. Am I allowed to say wife beater look? I mean, they said it in a movie once. It's the only reason I want to do that, though.
1: It's called a rib tank.
2: Oh, is that what they call it? I don't what know. They That's call what it, it says on up. the Haynes thing. Man. I call
1: it a wife beater, too. Uh, I want to end it like this, though. The re- I think it's interesting the word project quarterback. If you listen to 444, the Jay Z album, and you go to the song Smile, he's got a part where he goes, That's why it's a black market. That's why it's called the trap. That's why it's called the projects, because it's exactly that. Project an area of low-income housing, is called a project because it's never finished. It's never developed. There are issues. It's low rent. Black market, the trap. You get trapped in it. The black market's the bad market. Mm -hmm. I look at the word project and I think, in my mind, that there's a very loaded word to call a quarterback because I believe that it's saying that a quarterback is not intelligent enough to go and pick up schemes right away. That they're not able to learn a complex NFL offense. And I think it goes back to um, the black body versus the white mind which has been something that's been in sports for a very long time. I think that word is a little bit loaded and it goes back to why we are doing this week in code speak. Yeah, I got one <laughs> last thing just because... I
2: wanted th- one thing on that too. Just yeah. one. I know. you're Don't roll your eyes like that. I hate when you do that long blink roll your eyes like, yeah, say it, It's fine. Uh, the, <laughs> he's such a dick. Uh, <laughs> this is the other thing that I just I thought about. It's a the theory. I'm just throwing it out there. But You know, the Deshaun Watson, Lamar Jackson, they're not the kind of guys that are going to come in the room and be like the alpha male, I'm going to just, you know, charismatically just be Mr. Fancy Guy to everybody in the room and everybody's going to love me. No, they're quiet. That's just the way they are doesn't mean anything about their football prowess or IQ or Deshaun anything. Deshaun
1: Watson was insanely quiet. Exactly right. Mariota's quiet. Exactly
2: right. So Carson
1: it, Wentz is kind of quiet, too. Exactly.
2: And Lamar Jackson, I've been around him. He's the same way. He reminded me of Deshaun Watson. The difference is, is Deshaun Watson had a white man that endeared him to white America, in my opinion. Dabo Sweeney? Exactly right. Dabo oh, Sweeney, Sweeney came out and said, Michael passing and He's such a nice young man. He's, and Lamar Jackson hasn't had that guy.
1: Petrino, and you know what? Even if Petrino backed him up, people would be like, I don't
2: like Petrino. Yes, right. Yeah, that's right. So he doesn't have that guy. Plus, this is another reason where one mistake Lamar is making is that he needs the agent, again, to yes. provide his message to get out there.
1: Can we call Phil Sims, please? So Phil is, is sick. sick. Like, how sick?
2: Like, he said he is, I'll use his correct words. Like, he was like, uh, he, he said some wimpy phrase. I'm under the weather big time. That's what he said. Big fucker is under the weather. Big While
1: we're calling him the according to the BR app, the Rams have traded Alec Ogletree for two draft picks to the New York Giants. Are you kidding me? Do you know what that tells me? Tell me. That the Giants
2: are going to take Saquon Barkley at number two. Because that would my thing, my play with the Giants was they were going to trade down and try to get a Traymon Edmonds rep. Oh, hello. This is the person I wanted to get today. Really? It is. How are uh, you?
0: Your father's not here. Are you expecting him?
2: Uh, we were just calling because this is our usual call time, and we yeah, just where said we were going to call no matter what. Where is he? Isn't he sick, or is he lying to me?
0: Uh, well, no, he's down at Parisi's.
2: Are you kidding me? <laughs> Wait, so he told you he was sick, but he's
1: at the workout facility? See, this is where
2: yes. he he has issues. He's got yes, issues, he right, Mom?
1: So, we did he, did he lie to Christopher?
0: Yes. Hi, oh. how are you?
1: Hi. How are you, Mrs. Sims? Thank Good you so much. It's great so to be you. So, wait, he lied mouth. to me?
0: Honey, I don't know what to say to that.
1: Well, I just want you to tell me the truth. Is then. he sick?
0: Mm, well, no, <laughs> he's he's not, not in the sick. house.
2: <laughs> exactly right. So, he was being dad, like, I'm going to complain a little that I don't feel 100%, but he wasn't really sick. But somehow he managed up enough energy to go work out. Is that that's what you're saying? Yes, that's true. Yes, that's, our, that's my father. That's what he would do.
1: Um, okay. Mrs. Sims, what do you think about the Rams trading Alec Ogletree to the Giants?
0: I don't know. Uh, I think it's a wonderful idea.
2: <laughs> I, you know what? So did your son. That's awesome. Uh, what else is going on today, Mom?
0: Uh, that's about it. We just built a snowman.
2: That's good. Yeah, you're getting a lot of snow there?
0: Uh, A ton of snow, and it's very pretty.
2: Oh, that's good to know. All right. Well, I'm glad that we got this figured out. (laughs) This is amazing. amazing. I can't believe Dad said that. What a jerk. Uh, We're going to
1: get him on 157, I'll tell you that
2: much. Please tell him that we called and we're disappointed that he missed his weekly appearance and that he lied to his son. It's okay. (laughs) This is great. This is really good. All right, so you're at the house. What else is yes. going on? How's Matt?
0: Matty's good. He's sitting here. Um, he just came in from outside too. Should we they get Matt on the phone?
2: <laughs> you can we, we get Matt? Yeah. Let, let let's, can you let's hand, let the, let Matt. hand the phone to Matt for a second, Mom.
0: Yes. Yes.
2: All right. <laughs> uh, Phil, this is Phil Sims Jr. Everybody, if you're wondering, this is this
3: Matt. is oh, good. Up, oh, Maddie,
0: hey, what up?
3: Yeah, we're, we're, we're doing the podcast. podcast. You're
2: right doing
0: now. it right now. Wow! All right, you're just gonna put me on the spot just like that. That's yeah, messed up, man. It is messed
2: up. Well, let
1: me ask Maddie. So, Phil, your pops told Chris that he was sick, and then we called just to check because we, you know, Chris had an to see idea, how he was feeling. an inkling that he was lying, and he's at Parisi's.
0: Uh, yeah, that's affirmative. <laughs> the guy's out getting a workout in. You know, a snowstorm.
1: Oh, uh, my gosh. So He's, he's doing is... the
0: Rocky workout. He's got a you know, piece of wood on his back, and he's running through the, the hills. You know. He's <laughs> getting Ra- ready for Rocky Drago. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, getting ready for Drago.
2: Uh, all right, so is he really under the weather, or is he just not feeling 100%? He can only eat three breakfasts this morning. What was it?
0: Uh, you know, I'm just uh, I'm not going to answer that question.
2: Damn.
1: He totally lied to me. Then that's I cannot incredible. believe it. That's unreal. Well, Matt, Matt, what do you think about the Giants trading for Alec Ogletree? Did you hear
0: this, Matt? You know what? I didn't, man. I was out there making a snowman just a minute ago for my nephew, man.
1: So oh, that's I'm, I'm awesome. The
0: loop right now. Yeah,
1: apparently the Giants traded two draft picks to get Alec Ogletree from the Rams.
2: Just happened.
1: Wow, that's yeah.
2: unbelievable. Yeah, it is unbelievable.
1: And uh, and what rounds were they for? I'm looking it up now.
2: We're not sure. What else? Oh, Everything okay, else sorry. good with you? What's that? What, everything else good with you?
0: Yeah, everything's good, man. I know. Yeah, Good, good to talk to my brother again for the first time in a few days.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, we were going to call. I was really hoping Dad was going to call, I mean, answer and be sick, and then Four. we were going to make fun of him. Four and a six. Uh, course,
0: yeah. Well, I mean... I'm sure you'll do it next week. The picks. All right. Awesome. All right.
2: Well, I love you, man. We'll talk to you later. Appreciate yeah, you, Matty. All right,
0: kid. I know. I'm sorry. I'm not uh, entertaining and
2: all that. No, no. Nah, uh, nah, you're plenty entertaining. Yeah. don't worry. We'll call back randomly again and make fun of you at some other time.
0: Okay. Thank you. All right. See you, fucker. All right. Keep getting my name out there. Yeah, we yeah, will. Yeah. Matt
2: Sims, yeah. fucker, yeah. fucker, Sims. fucker of the year. You, see ya. Give
0: me a job, kid.
2: Okay. Woo! We're working on Woo! it. All right, <laughs>
1: see, see ya. See ya. See you, brother. All right. Go back. So you believe that the Giants trading to a fourth and a sixth for Alec Ogletree means you think they're going to go Saquon at two if he's there? I think there's a good chance for that. Because you thought maybe they were going to trade down and go a Tremaine Edmonds or a Roquan
2: Smith. Yes, mm. I do think. I mean, it's one of the glaring needs on their football team. Of course, for years. Uh, or at least it takes that off the board to where – or maybe they're still going to maybe trade down. The only other option I would go to trade down now is to go. Okay, we'll trade down a few spots and take Quentin Nelson, Quentin Nelson, the guard from Notre Dame.
1: What do you think of Ogletree on the Giants?
2: Uh, I think he's going to be perfect. I think first of all, they have a defensive coordinator in James Betcher who came from Arizona, who's obviously seen Ogletree on film a lot. Same the division, and he needs a linebacker towards that type of guy. That's why they drafted a Hassan Reddick. Uh, they want that's it's the Pittsburgh scheme. They need the entire that Ryan NFC Chazier West type. is
1: about the speed at linebacker. It is very much that. Yeah. So yeah. So this is an important
2: thing for the New York Giants. It's a great move. Ogletree awesome. I mean, he's definitely in the conversation for one of the best like linebackers a, in
1: football. A, a team personality changer.
2: Well, I mean, he's just—he's a guy that like a Ryan Chazier or Bobby Wagner. He's gonna give the defense confidence because they're gonna go, Man, if we mess up up front and there's a run fit that's missed, this guy can come up and be the eraser. Mm. And that's what those guys do. What I am also interested with this is I mean the Rams, these moves aggressively. Once again, I mean Aaron
1: Donald money is on
2: their mind, having right. to pay him girly so they, in they the
1: trade, future. Think about that defense. Right. They traded Robert Quinn, they trade Alec Ogletree. Right. And they're gonna lose Tremaine Johnson. They are losing a monster at Maybe every they're level. Not, of that defense. Though,
2: That's what makes me think. Like oh, maybe they're going to try to keep Tremaine. Or, or maybe a Sammy Watkins. Somebody else has to be somewhat on their mind for them to be thinking this, at least in my eyes. I'm, I want to look up Ogletree and see what kind of money he was making, um, and I'm going to get there in a second. Um, I got you. You got it? It, right. They might have already took it off. I mean, so,
1: man, this this is pretty awesome. It is the, pretty awesome. We a lot of people predicted this that there was going to be a lot more trades in the NFL this year, and yeah, it's, it's cool to actually there. see it happen.
2: So, ten million dollars. I mean, that's so they 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 saved ten million dollars in Rams by making this kind of move. Wow.
1: Ed Hockley is retiring. Damn. Uh, his son Sean Hockley, is promoted to ref. I'm going to be honest. His son is not jacked, and that's really the only thing I cared about was Ed Hockley's muscles. Yeah. Do you have any good Ed Hockley stories that talk about what kind of guy he oh, was? Out there?
2: I mean, one of my favorite refs. He's one of the best refs of all time. I don't care what people say about him. He but was below Gene though. Yeah. You know, I mean, I like Gene. Gene's a hair one. more, but I loved. Stericory.
1: I loved. So what's a good Hockley story? Well,
2: I mean, first off, is he was awesome because he's the guy right there behind the quarterback. Right. I can remember we're playing in a preseason game against the Houston Texans, I'm stepping up to throw the football, and somebody comes free just as I'm going to throw it. I mean, they hit me pretty damn hard, but somehow I kept my balance. I got lucky or whatever and balance, and I put a hand on the ground, and I get up, and I end up like getting a completion, and the guy runs for a bunch of yards, and I can just remember Head Hockley after that looking at me and going like, man, how did you get out of that one? <laughs> That was awesome. And I was like, I know. I don't even know how the fuck I did that. (laughs) But my favorite one of all time is I got to lift weights with that Hockey League. In, in Tennessee, Tennessee Titans, I'm playing for them. He was down reffing a few practices, and quarterbacks, we had a little leeway as far as when we can go lift because he doesn't always want to lift right before practice. and might make you feel weird. So I go in there in the late afternoon. I'm like, good, I'm going to get a lift in. Ed Hockley's in there. Of course, what is he doing? Curls. Bench press. I mean, he's doing. He's on the pec deck machine just like, <laughs> 79, 70. Yeah. He's just doing it. And I was like, damn, I'm wor- I'm going to work out with you, Ed. Let's do some stuff. And you guys were rotating we back were, and forth? I definitely got in the machine with him a little bit. I'll tell you, I was definitely not as strong as him, even I'm in my prime. Really? Not in with your like, prime? No, not with like, oh, I don't think all he ever did was bench and curls. I mean, he was So
1: what kind of numbers are we talking about?
2: I don't, he was on that machine thing, which I would never do now, I always go, like, if you want to see how strong you are, let's get on the dumbbells, okay? Get dumbbell dumbbells. And do free weight. And free then weight.
1: Because you have to do, activate your whole body. Well, yeah,
2: you got uh, to balance it all. Of yeah. it. So that would always be my test. And I don't think I could mess with him on that, for yeah. sure. But, but no in terms of that machine. He was, do- he was dominant. And he's just sitting there just repping it out. It up. I mean, tits popping out of his shirt. Protein shake right next to him. Well, I mean, I'm sure after the the Watterson, the G, uh, the uh, strength coach at Tennessee, yeah. he'd he'd probably make it for him. I mean, that's how cool he wearing is. Wearing
3: a cutoff tank, too, to show off he the was biceps. Wearing, he was definitely showing, yes, okay. sleeveless shirt. I'm just yes. trying to get the full image in yes. my mind. Yes, yes. That's amazing. So he looked like me in the gym, but he's what you're trying to say. Yeah, just uh, pretty much. Perfect. Same kind of guy.
1: Uh, I want to do one thing since we talked about the draft, <laughs> and I think, you're, you know, here you are saying Saquon Barkley could be available at two. Yeah. The debate that we're going to have...
2: maybe maybe... Exactly.
1: The debate for the next 50 days is going to yeah. be, and the reason I love that the Browns have two picks, do you take Saquon at one? If the Browns didn't have the fourth round pick, then all of us would go, no, you go quarterback at the one. The number Because that's pick, what you, you need. Mean. The number four pick. Yeah. But now, because they have four and you're guaranteed to get one of the quarterbacks, do you take that risk at one? And what I did is I, th- I kind of thought about um, look, they have 12, they have six picks in the top 65. Mm-hmm. They could also move from four to three or four to two to get up there and take Saquon at one and Josh Allen at two, whoever they like, whether right. it's Sam Darn all that right. stuff. And I went back to think about the 2007 draft. Wow. What is Josh
2: showing you now? He's showing me that the Giants gave up the fourth round compensatory pick, not their second pick in the
1: fourth round. Wow. So that's a big difference. Even too. better, it is even better. So my thing is this: as I look at, I went back to when's the last time we've seen a running back that was truly generational? Mm-hmm. And I thought of Adrian Peterson, mm-hmm. and Adrian Peterson went seventh in that draft. Yeah, but you know who else?
2: He had injury concerns too, though.
1: So you that's know who different. else went number two? Calvin Johnson, and I think that. Remember, Calvin Johnson, they just had like Mike Williams. They had all these wide receivers. But Calvin was the lock of that athletic draft. Mm -hmm. He was the 6'5", 4'3", guy. Uh, Nick, let me get that audio up again. Here is what Mel Kuyper said when the Lions took Calvin Johnson at 2'. Here, if you're a detroit lion fan or anybody listening out there and you're talking about a guy
2: watching that why not a quarterback why not brady quinn here when this whole thing unfolded we knew oakland was picking one and we knew detroit was picking two i said oh russell's perfect for oakland and brady quinn's perfect for the
1: detroit lions and mike March, tough smart kid mike March is going to love this guy and you look at calvin johnson and- so he goes on this whole thing about they should have taken brady quinn and i think when you look back in time by the way, the Browns took Joe Thomas at three and then took Brady Quinn at 22. Right. So uh, I just think it when you have one of those physical guys that just blow out all the spectrums, they don't really ever not hit. Like... Calvin Johnson hit, Adrian Peterson hit, that's what I Leonard Fournette hit, Easy Zeke get, hit. That's what I mean. People are, over, the, but the we, we overlook the stuff with the quarterbacks. Right. So my thing is, why not guarantee Saquon Barkley at one, mm-hmm. who's clearly the physical specimen in the entire draft, and because we've seen there is a uh, a flux of the quarterbacks, and while we like all of these quarterbacks, I can poke a hole in all of these quarterbacks. Right, get one of them at four. Yeah. You're not going to get a chance to take Saquon at four. It's not. I don't want to hear that theory. It's not going to happen. And I think this draft is a perfect example. Mm-hmm. Jamarcus Russell, Brady Quinn. Yeah, quarterback is not that easy. No, But not. if on the Browns, I want Saquon at one, and I'm going at four, and maybe I'll do what the Bears did and trade up from four to three or trade up from four to two because you do have yeah. six picks in the top 65. Not a bad thought. And if on the Giants <laughs> – If my core is Odell Beckham Jr. and Saquon Barkley, I'll find a quarterback to make it work. I'll find them. But Saquon and Odell, you're now playing 11-on-9 because you got to double both. You know what I mean? And then at three, yes, Bradley Chubb could be the guy for the Colts or... Andrew Luck could have Saquon Barkley. I just think you don't risk passing up a Calvin Johnson, Adrian Peterson, Saquon Barkley for a quarterback who we've seen time and time again. He could be the guy. Or he might not. There's just a lot of flux at that position.
2: Uh, there is. You're right. There's certain It's it's a tough a p- position to evaluate. A quarterback. I mean, it's more about the quarter. It's you know the quarterback. Of course, you got to get it right. You don't know exactly what he is until you get him there. The offense is the offensive coordinator good enough to give him a support system to give him the confidence to continue his career and be better from that standpoint all those things justified. Saquon Barkley, I think you're spot on. I mean, the people I hear that are semi-negative about Saquon Barkley, I just think they're over-analyzing it. Like, I, I, I heard this with Ezekiel and Leonard Fournette a little too, like, for some reason we want those running backs when there's no hole and nobody's blocked and nothing there, that they're supposed to run through all those guys and still get yards. And that's the one thing I've heard about, you know, I heard you say to me on Monday, I've had other people approach to me, you know, it's you know, it's either a home run or it's a three-year game. Well, okay, did you watch the game? Though, I mean, they run one running play. Their offensive line wasn't that good. The games where he couldn't run, I mean, you could have had Superman at tellback and Batman as the fullback, and they still weren't going to get yards. There was nowhere to fucking go. So it wasn't Saquon Barkley. Saquon Barkley, if he had any space at all, is the most, is as electrifying as I've ever seen. At the position, Saquon Barkley, in my opinion, is the type of guy that can come in the NFL next year and be in the conversation for NFL MVP, maybe the best player in football. He's that type of guy. And I like your take with like the face of the franchise running back things. It's really old school almost. And I think that's what Saquon Barkley is. I mean, you hear about him off the field and everything. It is like, it is perfection. This kid is everything you want. This might be a face-of-the-franchise type running back a la a Walter Payton back in the day, or a, let's just say, a Bo Jackson first pick of the draft by the Tampa Bay Buccaneers because there's nothing off the field to worry about. He's totally perfect. He is as handsome as hell. He's nice as hell. He is truly, if I built a running back in the lab, I would build Saquon Barkley,
1: and He's about as good a film as I've ever seen. You know what I'm realizing? Yeah. We're going to stand for two things for this draft. Number one, we are Team Lamar Jackson. Stop saying he's a wide receiver. Stop using code speak. He's a quarterback. Super excited to play in the next level. Number two, Saquon. I'm putting an E on the end of his name. Saquon. Because he should be the first pick in the NFL draft. Man.
2: The only reason I don't want him to go Marketing number one is I want him want here him the in the Giants. New York. Man, if they had him and Odell, oh. I'll, be, I'll, be, I'll be rooting them like it's my dad playing again. I'm going to be like, damn, the Giants are awesome. I love this. It's all
1: right because he's up against Fletcher Michael Cox Bennett. And Michael Fletcher Cuss, Super Bowl champion. I can't. Oh, hold on a we second. We need to get Chris Long and Michael Bennett on the podcast. I'm going to try to do that. Michael Bennett tweets. Fire emojis, trophy emojis, free Meek Mill. Uh. He is already <laughs> in Philadelphia! All right, so we've kind of already been going for like an hour, and we haven't even hit your running backs yet. Yeah, so uh, we can do whatever you want. I don't know what but, you want to say. Well, how deep are you going to get on all these guys?
2: I, I mean, I can do it every way you want. I told he, you the seven I watched. Barkley's clearly one. Yeah, I not don't even, think
1: we need to go into Barkley. Let's not. Who was Chris Sims' number two running back in this draft? Sony Michelle. The kid from Georgia, extremely impressive. No weaknesses to
2: his game. He has got a great, first of all, legs and ass. He's got, other than Barkley, he's the best one in the open field. And his, his power is impressive as well. I mean, there's really nothing not to like about Sony Michelle. He is the guy. He would be the second best one to me. Mm. I was extremely impressed with him. I'm trying to think. Oh, he's like a faster version of Kareem Hunt. That's basically what the guy, right? He's a little faster and quicker than a Kareem Hunt. That's what I want you year. to do. What right. you just did. Let's right. do
1: this for your running backs. Right. An overview and then a cop.
2: I know some of these. I had a hard time coming up with. Comps. And then if
1: you could also say, where would you take a Sony Michelle?
2: Uh, a Sony Michelle, I do think is a. I'm going to say end-of-the-first-round type of talent. So
1: more of a Carlos Hyde.
2: I think so. Somewhere in that region there, I'm going to say... 25 to 40. Somewhere in there. Yes. Yes. That's where I would put him.
1: Who is your number three running back?
2: My number three running back is
1: Rashad Penny, San Diego State. And Sims is coming with the fuego. He is fire emojis. I'm just going to say this before we keep going. The reason you guys should love the Sims and Left Go podcast, we are not trying to be different. We just don't care what other people say. I don't know. I've realized this recently. Right. One of the best things that you can do in life is to put your head down and work. Right. And when you lift your head up and you realize that you're a little bit different than everybody else, awesome. Because I do we don't care and it's not that we think that your analysis is better than other people. Right. It's just going to be truer to you and not affected by everybody else. Who is Rashad Penny, and what did you see on film?
2: Thank you for saying that. Because, too, I mean, I've mean, i been around football my whole life. I'm going to study these guys. I don't really give a shit what everybody else says. So. Sims,
1: I also think, right. has been right about quarterbacks, and you've definitely been right about running backs. Thanks, man. Those are definitely two positions that you have a track record of being correct about. Thank you. You said Alvin Kamara is going to be an absolute freaking stud. Yep. You were all over when people were doubting Leonard Fournette. You were team Derrick Henry. You saw Melvin go. You you've been all over it. Thanks, dude. So Rashad Penny. Rashad Penny. Uh, I mean, I was really
2: impressed. with First of all, I mean, I was excited to watch him because of what he did in the combine. I mean, he's 5'11", 220, ran one of the fastest 40s. I think he ran, what, like 4'47", somewhere in that range. Uh, but While carrying a lot of weight. While carrying a lot of weight. And I just, when I watched him on film, I mean... Uh, Tremendous feet. I mean, tremendous feet for a big guy. It brought me back to like an old guy that I used to play against, Stephen Davis. Remember for the Carolina Panthers, sure, who was a big guy, had unbelievable quick Carolina feet. Carolina and Washington, right? So he was amazing that way. But what separates him even from a guy from Steven Davis is this kid's long speed. I mean, the kid can go 80 yards to the house. Showed it in the Senior Bowl too. Exactly right. So ran 4.46, right? At 220 pounds. Wow. I wrote the thing that I thought was the most impressive was his ability to make people miss in the space. Was only less than Michelle and Barkley. So, for a big guy, he's tremendously quick. I mean, he's got some shake to him. He's a little different because he's got a narrow base. But, so like his contact balance is not as good as a Barkley or a Michelle. Like he can run you over if it's straight on. Good legs and ass. But it, it's, it's good. Not, it's not yeah. as great as Michelle. I mean, Michelle and Barkley have great legs yes. and ass. I mean, great quads, hammies, the nice little arch in the booty. Yep. All of it's there. Okay. So I wrote for this guy. Rashad Penny, to me, is a faster, quicker footed version of Jordan Howard, who came out of Indiana a few years ago, mm. who I also really liked. It was the third running back in that draft. You right? did.
1: Right. You were all over Jordan He's Howard. He's the
2: same type of guy as Jordan Howard, except I would say just less powerful and maybe violent in some of the collision type runs, mm. but a better athlete in space and better long speed.
1: Number four, are you going, I'm going to guess you're going, are you going Geiss or Chubb? Neither. Neither. Uh, who are you going?
2: I think I'm going to go Ronald Jones there.
1: Ronald Jones USC is your number four. <sighs> I think so. So it, so Saquon is clearly the one. Is Sony clearly the two? He is clearly the two to me. Yes. Okay, so then Penny and is Penny clearly the three. I feel very confident so in this one. The rest two, three. of these guys are on their own thing. They so four is Ronald th- Jones. Yes. Give me the overview breakdown. Yeah, Ronald
2: Jones, um, <sighs> Great speed, kind of a frail build. I got to see him in person, right? On film, he's not as fast as I was expecting on film. Now, for a slider-type build, what you see when you watch the film, especially at the end of the year, got a lot of carries. They, he was a bell cow, and he was capable of taking the beating and hanging in there and still making plays late in the fourth quarter, even though it was carry 24, carry 25. He's well-rounded. He's got everything you want as far as uh, can catch the ball out of the backfield. Um, uh, you, you, you know, is a decent route runner. You get to see all that stuff. And is that what he ran? Four six five. I thought, nice. I thought it was faster than that. But either way, the speed. I wouldn't have guessed four six five. I would have said it would have been like low four fives. So that's what I would have guessed on the on the field when I watch it go. Yeah. Okay. Um, Who's but, this comp? The comp. This is the one I had a tough one with. I don't know if I had a real comp here. Let me just see what I wrote here. I didn't yeah, come. Four up six five. It is four six five, huh? Um, where the hell did I write him here? Hold on a second. There we
3: go. Pull up the teams, pull up the teams.
2: Yeah, I mean, I wrote it's a similar running style to a Camara, but it's just not as good. He's not a capable of breaking tackles, making people miss quite as much in space what as do a Camara. Like I like that he does everything and he has some big playability. The 465, I don't know why I missed that. Either way, he doesn't play like that, so I'm not going to say I'm sitting here like going overly concerned about that. Um but that's what I like about him and the fact that he showed me that towards the end of the year he can be a dependable every down type running back. Mm. Um I don't know if he's like the legit guy you want to be your starter. All the time, but you want them in your ro- on your roster, in the rotation. Mm. that for sure. Yes.
1: Who's number five? <sighs> Chubb Geis Johnson. I really think the guy that I
2: liked the after that was the kid Johnson from Auburn. I am not a Geis fan,
1: okay? Is he number seven? Geis is number 6, and Chubb is going to be 7. So, wow. Yeah. Johnson from Auburn is 5. Geis is 6. Yeah. Wow. And Chubb is 7. All right, so tell me about Johnson. So Johnson is
2: uh, not going to amaze you with his, like, breakaway speed. He's never going to break a 60- or 70-yard touchdown in the history of the NFL. He'll never do that. No way. He's more of like a Matt Forte-ish, right? Where it's good speed. He's got unbelievable ability to make people miss in space. He's phenomenal at setting up blockers and blocks. He really understands. He's got a great way of almost being Le'Veon Bell-ish towards the line of scrimmage, where he doesn't really attack it that hard. And he goes, "Oh, I'm going to go here in the B gap. I'm going to go here in the B gap." And then as soon as everybody gets in the B gap, he cuts and goes to the C gap or and the D gap. This is carry on Johnson, carry on here. Johnson from Auburn, right?
1: He is phenomenal in the past game. It's funny. The, the first article that popped up is, Auburn running back Carrion Johnson could fit if Steelers allow Le'Veon Bell to walk. Is that right? That's funny.
2: Yes, he's very similar to that way. And for a guy that's 5'11", 213, he's got a different type of build. It's a, it's not a great legs and ass. It's more of a thin frame at the, line, at the running back position. But damn, the motherfucker runs hard. And people, like a Camara last year, You just go, I I don't get it. How is he breaking these tackles at this size? I just don't understand it. But he does. And he drives the pile forward. And he was very impressive that way, whether it's the Georgia game, uh, the Alabama game, whatever it may be. And I'm very impressed with what he can do in the pass game as well. So he's like a lesser version of Alvin Kamara. Mm. I think at the end of the
3: day, Matt Forte, Alvin Kamara-ish. When the tackle breaking is unexplainable, like you just said, does that scare you from a scouting perspective? Because it it might be fluky? No,
2: I, because I get to once I see it enough okay. it just tells me that he's got extremely good contact There's balance just something, even yeah. though that his body doesn't look like it should be built for it, yep. it it is and he knows how to either go with it and absorb it a little bit whatever it may be but that's what I was really impressed with I wrote like real good quicks and really great acceleration all of that is is top end but his top-end speed is just not going to be that impressive.
1: Darius Geis. Yeah. Connor did warn us. He was injured and he was playing with an injury. I know. Did you factor that so, in? No, I did not. Because he's your sixth running back.
2: He is. And I'm, I'm like, he's another guy. I'm going to have to go back and You're watch. You're
1: going to have to watch the year before, it I like. I will. I
2: will go back. But the Geis thing to me, um, th- these would be my concerns. He did the least with the most at times. Like, it, it, there's... Uh, when there wasn't a whole lot to be there, he couldn't make it happen himself. And I'm not talking about like when I'm, we're talking about Saquon Barkley before when no one's blocked and there's like six. I'm just talking about like, ooh, there might have been a hole there for four and he gets four. Where I want to say the other guys we've talked about Penny or Michelle or Barkley when there's a hole there for four yeah they might get four but man that next run they might you know one of the runs they might get fifty and you go holy shit how did he get through there or how did he make that guy miss so whatever you don't it may see be that
1: big play potential I,
2: I don't I think a lot of his big plays are what I call silver platter type of runs there they had the best run scheme out of all the teams that I watched here in the running back thing and yes a lot of the times it was hey here's six yards up to the second. Level, you don't. You're not going to be touched by anybody. It's going to be you and a linebacker one on one, and he usually didn't do a whole lot with it. So I'm going to say this: he's one's a good, good all-around player. Yeah. He has no weaknesses. Okay, that's the one thing I wrote about oh, him. That's so good. that's interesting too, right? But he has nothing. He does elite, and that's the thing that bothers me, especially when you start to rank them because the other guys I could find little things that. I would go. Ooh, that's elite.
1: The one thing we're going to do is uh, go back and, and watch some from the year before. I will. I'll do that because it sounds like he was that much better. And the last one, I think I like
2: Carryon Johnson more than I like Ronald Jones. Okay, so, so I want to re rank them. Gotcha. Yeah, so right.
1: carry on to four and Ronald Jones to five. Yeah, it did sound like you liked him a lot more. Yes. Nick Chubb last uh, of the seven. Yes. Yeah, Nick Chubb was.
2: Um, yeah, it was disappointing. I just can't. You know, not that I like. Not that he's not an NFL running back, he is that. Um, but I think the thing with Nick Chubb, like he ran the better, faster forty time, but he doesn't have the acceleration Sony Michelle does. So he needs like build up time. And if you watch his forty, you could see like the strides are long at the start. They're long and they're powerful, and that's great, yes. But that doesn't always conducive to the NFL, where it's I got to make a guy miss, and I got to be the top end speed within the next three steps. Isn't that what
1: they said about Derrick Henry though too?
2: Well, I you know. Maybe, but the film didn't show that to me. Yeah, and then he went on sports science and was like the greatest guy in the history of sports science. Remember, right?
1: Derrick Henry was freakish. What the film for Nick Chubb? The Nick Chubb
2: thing—he's got power. We know that if you're going to try to arm tackle him, he's going to run through that. But what I was less impressed with was the ability to make people miss in space, the slow cuts, the no ability to make jump cuts, um, things like that. And listen, the film. Just like Geist, and I'll get to this in a second. The film too also revealed to me that when the game was tough and the situations were on the line, Georgia thought Sonny Michelle was the better player. They were going to put him in. Oh shit! It's it's third and seven, and it's the biggest play of the game. up uh, Michelle,
1: you're in. It's the it's so, the um, Jabril Peppers theory, a little bit. Chateau Peppers at, at uh, Michigan, when the play was on the line, they would kind of hide him. What you're saying is the game's on the line. Georgia, bring in Sonny Michelle, Bring in Sonny Michelle. I
2: mean, that's the other thing, too, about Michelle. I mean, his past game stuff is really phenomenal. Um, and that's the other thing I wanted to say about Geis that concerned me. And, uh, and, again, I'll do my due diligence and go back and watch last you know, two years ago on Geis. I really will because I know there's, there's going to be always guys that I have to do that with. But the thing that bothered me about Geiss's film a little bit, too, is the same thing. Late in the year you watch the film, the bigger the play, the bigger the games. I felt like they put the other kid in, 28. They wanted him in the game. He's I don't know what his name was. He's he's not I'm not looking him up right now, so it doesn't matter. But that always concerns me too, either way. But Chubb, right, like at the end of the day, I wrote, end of the day, he's a good back. But I don't want him to be my number one. He would be my number two. Pass game is a big question. The fact that it doesn't even get out on routes much makes me think UGA didn't even think he was good enough to be out there in the pass game in general. Like, other guys, they might not get a lot of catches, but you get to see them run routes. Like Chubb, it's like they literally sometimes don't even call pass plays when he's in the game. And then I just run overall, I was a little underwhelmed with the film. Not as explosive and quick as I thought.
1: Mm. Yeah. All right, so Sims' rankings. Saquon, Sony, Rashad, Penny, Carrion, Johnson, Ronald, Ronald Jones, Ronald Jones, yeah. Darius Geis, Nick Chubb, yeah, the the Sim Seven,
2: yeah. I just want to look at one more thing with Ronald Jones because I feel like my explanation on him wasn't as good as it should. It wasn't, but I, okay, good. I just wrote. Let's see. End of the day, kid's a good player who has better power and play strength than you would expect for his size. Speed is good, but it's not Barkley, but definitely capable of going sixty yards of the house. I wrote, prefer him over Geis, because I had watched, I went Barkley-Geis, then Ronald Jones, just because of the big play ability, but it's close. All right, you- I
1: officially have something that I'm worried about. All right. Do you know what I'm worried about? Uh, it's too I long. Don't. No, I'm worried about recency bias. Oh. I'm worried that the guy that you watched after Saquon Barkley was Darius Geis. No, I know, but I'm I a went, little bit worried they well, knocked down guys. He yeah. said
3: you got to watch him again, though. You've already said with guys. With guys. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. I will. I will. No, no. So, but like, do you know
1: what I'm saying? Like you, like if I watched anybody right after Saquon Barkley, I'd be like, well, guy "That stinks. guy's not that great."
2: Okay, but so, so the fuck you and your theory. I went <laughs> back and watched him. <laughs> today. all right. Because I was like, damn, am I missing something on like, guys? Right, Let guys. me read back and watch. And I went away and went, wait, no, no, no. My thought's the same. it's' yeah, not, so did not your just, theory, left? I out. think about I shit like that all the time, dude. Good. I do. I don't ever go like, yeah, oh, I'm watching Aaron Rodgers and... man, Austin Davis is not in the same class as him. Let me uh, I mean, yeah, I'm very... I I keep that in my mind.
1: So usually we would do iTunes comments. If you paid attention to Monday's episode, iTunes comments are going to be in the newsletter. So check the newsletter for the most recent iTunes comments. We'll do another round coming up next week. Very loaded show. Trades are happening as we're going. Monday is going to be crazy with the start of the tampering process from free agency. It's going to be good.
2: And most of all... Phil Sims, the big fucker, is a liar. He owes okay. us. What a fucking
3: liar! Gonna gonna w- talk, you want to talk about R Sims and Lefco yet, or should we save that?
1: Uh, well, no. So one of the things that we talked about in the uh, the thing in the what's it called? iTunes I, in the uh, iTunes comments on the newsletter is that there someone was like, "Hey, let's start a Reddit subReddit." I said, "Hey guys, you do it." Josh, impatient, he started the Reddit. I don't really subreddit. know how to
3: moderate a Reddit though. So if anyone knows how to do that. Let me know. Now we're going to do a subreddit. Don't Sims ask me. You know what Reddit is, Sims? I mean, Lefko has explained it Lefkoe. to Lefkoe. me. Yes. We're getting there.
1: He's woke. He'll figure it <laughs> out. Uh, Four Sims. Peace out, homies. For Fendrick. Good night, everybody. <laughs> and the L-E-F-K-O-E. Man. Says good night. Guys, we love you so much. That was episode 156. Subscribe to the newsletter. Hit us up at social, at Sims and Lefko. For these dudes, we're out. Love y'all. Talk soon.